Welcome to another great episode of Dream Business Radio. I am your host, Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, and this is the podcast where you can learn how to create a dream business so you, too, can live your dream lifestyle. I'm the founder and creator of the Dream Business Academy and the Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind Program. I coach entrepreneurs and small business owners at all levels how to build a business of their dreams. Today's episode is brought to you by the Dream Business Academy. That is a three-day live event taking place. Our next one, which is our seventh, takes place in Providence, Rhode Island, September 27th, 28th, and 29th. This is a marketing and business building event unlike anything you've been to. It is a pitch-free zone. You're going to walk away with the exact blueprint that I've used to create uh, multiple six-figure businesses. That's what I call my million-dollar platform. You can learn all the details at dreambizacademy.com, dreambizacademy.com. Right now we have early registration discounts. And if you use the coupon code PODCAST, you get $100 off. Again, dreambizacademy.com. Let's get right to our show this week. I'm really excited about this show. My special guest is the co-founder of Outgrow. Let me briefly introduce Randy right now. Randy is the co-founder of Outgrow, a growth marketing platform focused on increasing customer engagement and boosting demand generation through highly converting calculators and viral quizzes. He is passionate about demand generation, content marketing, and personalized marketing. He also co-founded Venture Pact and previously worked in private equity at Silver Lake Partners in machine learning and in payments. Randy, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for coming on the show. I always like to get a little bit of uh, a little bit of background. I'm, one of the things I'm curious about is, uh, are you the are you like a first generation entrepreneur? Or, are you following in did were any of your parents or grandparents entrepreneurs or did you just decide to kind of go out on your own? Um I I am first generation entrepreneur. Um yeah, I guess it was just more of a context of, you know, uh the my friends and uh I was in New York and one of my close friends was in New York and we we had an idea basically and that's kind of that we wanted to at least try out uh, and, and explore, and, uh, and that's kind of how we got started. It was more um, by – it wasn't like, oh, we want to be an entrepreneur, and we want to be entrepreneurs, and then let's do that. It was more like, let's this, – this is something we think is relevant. Let's try it. And, and then that ended up kind of – as a result of that, that's what, caused, that's what got us to where we are. What was um what was Venture Pack? When when did that come into play? Was that before uh Outgrow, I guess? Yeah, yeah. So um just over five years ago, um well so if you as if you we go back before that we saw like mobile was starting to take off in the early twenty tens. And uh, when we saw that that was when we um we realized that everyone was gonna need a mobile application and so we built Venture Pack to help companies connect with mobile developers and web, and then added all these other web developers and AI and all other types of developers to help them uh, easily um, find trusted teams. And it was hard to find trusted teams, especially early on, when there weren't that many mobile developers in the first place because that whole I concept of mobile app development was, was just very new. So that was, uh, that was the opportunity that we saw, and that was the first thing. That was what we did. Okay. And when did um when did you start Outgrow and, and um is that did you have the same do you have the same partner or did did you meet uh your partner um 
was it Pratham or Pratham? Yeah, Pratham, Pratham. Yeah. Um, so I met, well, I've known Pratham for a while, and it's, uh, we, we worked together. Um, we knew each other from college. We, were, we, went, uh, we knew each other in New York, and then when we were working, and then we um, we, but we worked for both businesses. We, we worked, were working on together uh, on both of them. Um, we actually came throughout. We stumbled upon Outgo as well. Um, when we uh, we created basically a calculator for um, for people to estimate the cost of building mobile applications, um, and the reason we created that was to help people um, get a sense of, um, of of how prices would vary by geography and by by uh, uh, specifications and requirements and by um, uh, and by what's it called by types are you building on iOS or Android and all these types of different aspects. And we were getting this question so many times from every customer, right? You can imagine, even today, people ask this question. So imagine five years ago, how many people would ask that question, right? How much does it cost to build this? And um, there was a lot less education around mobile app development, and there was, uh, and everyone needed one. And so we built this app, and it ended up being such a great marketing strategy for us and very useful for our customer that we spun off a business called Outgrow to help people build these types of experiences on their own. So even you don't need a developer, you don't need a designer. Um, you can just do use a drag and drop interface and build calculators and recommendation engines and quizzes and kind of interactive pieces of content that are actually useful to the user. Um, you can do this stuff now on your own, and that's something that we wanted to uh, provide everyone with access to, given how it transformed our business. So Outgrow, um, I really like uh, the first line of your uh, homepage. Customers want to be helped, not sold to. I mean, that's really. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why everybody goes to the Internet, because they're looking for answers or they got questions and things like that. So tell me a little bit about um, the whole content marketing. H how do you see content marketing? I mean, it's kind of like a – content marketing is kind of a big term, like a 10,000-foot kind of like social media in a way. Tell me, what, how do you look at content marketing? Okay. So the way, the, the, the way to think about content marketing is to say, okay, as, as a company – we're going to create content to help people uh, learn more about our business, about our industry, about our products, about things that are tangentially related and directly related to what we do, right? And so uh, that's kind of the concept, is you create content to help, to help engage customers that are uh, using your product and to help engage prospects or potential people who are coming in, and so you'll create different content across the whole for different types of uh, people who uh, might be more or less sophisticated. Uh, and the goal behind this is, you know, different companies have different goals behind content marketing, but usually they're trying to acquire leads, activate uh, leads, engage existing customers, and kind of build themselves, build a brand that people uh, will remember. And so that's that's a, a key thing, and of course, this really helps with Google because Google wants you to create great content. And so if you have great content, it's going to give you SEO juice, and that's going to help you achieve those goals I mentioned earlier. So the, again, that's the, the main way to think about it, is that at the end of the day, content marketing is about making it easy, uh, helping, uh, helping your customers, helping your prospects, helping your audience, your target segment, helping them and wherever they are in their buying journey, or wherever, wherever, kind of wherever they are in their, in, in their, in, on, from wherever they are uh, from their perspective, you're kind of helping them by providing them with information that's relevant and useful.
Randy, I'm curious what your what do you see as the biggest challenge for a lot of your new clients? Um, do they do they tell you that uh, I've got a ton of content, but I don't know where to put it? How often? Or do they say I've got a lot of ideas, but I don't know how to generate content? Like, what's the biggest pain point for for your for your clients? Okay, so um, um, I would say. There are two key things, like I would separate this in terms of the types of clients. So there are some clients where their biggest pain point is time. They just don't have the time to properly create great content because, so what they end up doing is they create mediocre content, right? And so they'll do a Google search, find five articles and quickly scrap together a few, a few different content from different places and then put it together. And so that's kind of a big main challenge, which is time, right? Um, and then a second challenge is um, is the ability to do it for a prolonged period of time because the content marketing uh, it's no longer something that you can switch on and within two weeks you find these we find like uh, insane results because it's mainly a long term play right Google needs to uh, if you're getting a lot of your traffic from Google then it takes time for Google to uh, to, to find you to, to to kind of develop this uh, their kind of reputation, you know, your site's reputation, and you need a lot of people to come on, spend a lot of time on the site, engage with it, and then Google starts to see if this is kind of a relevant um, link, a relevant page, and then they're going to start ranking you higher. And so the second challenge, I would say, is just the ability to have a reasonable expectation around when this is actually, when and how much is going to impact you. And then I would say, I'll actually add one more thing, which is when you create content, um, a content marketing is not just writing a blog post, right? Um, and kind of this kind of narrow view of content marketing. So I write a blog post, write an ebook. Content marketing is about creating any piece of content, right? It can be interactive, it can be personalized, it can be video, it can be uh, text. And then having a distribution strategy that goes right along with it. Because if you create a piece of content and you have no traffic directly to your, uh, to your page already, then it's going to be very hard for you to get any traffic. So you're going to have low engagement. So you got to, you got to marry content mark, the, the content that you make with a distribution and promotion strategy for you to be successful. And a lot of times people don't, uh, don't think about the promotion as much as they should. So with content, yeah, and you're right. I think most people with content marketing think of blog posts, and that's certainly important. How do you, how do you feel about videos and podcasting and <clears throat> And other things, are they do they have equal weight, or is it really, as far as especially as far as Google concerned, is it really more the written, the the you know the the text based content? Sure, um, I think so. It depends a lot on the audience, right? So some companies who are promoting to like nursing homes, uh, promoting nursing homes to to the kids of uh, of retired of the retired people who are retired they're saying, okay, this is the age of my population. And so for me to create content, uh, uh, like to promote a lot of stuff on Snapchat is not as relevant because that's not the audience, right? Um, so you kind of have to see your audience and what's relevant to them. But um, it's good to have a mix of content, right? So the blogs and the eBooks are table stakes. Everyone has that. But it's good to also have some video, some interactive content, some more personalized pieces of content to accompany your other pieces of content to one, see how it works and how it resonates with the people, but also to, um, but also to allow you to, uh, to 
basically service different types of people. So if some people like to learn through video, some people like to learn through audio, some, like podcasts. Some people like to learn. So you can, you know, different people have these different preferences, and some people just like to read. And so you can, by creating different pieces of content, you're saying, oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I want to be relevant uh, for all the types of customers that, uh, for all the d- different types of learning preferences our customers have. And so that's where I, that was coming. What do you think about frequency, Randy? I mean, I've heard people say everything from you can you can blog once a week to somebody says three times, somebody says five times. I mean, is there any general rule of thumb as to the, the frequency, and does that it does it differ with the different platforms? Um. So the can you repeat the question? Yeah, I'm I'm curious as to when you when someone comes to your company, Outgrow, and says. How often, like, what's the frequency that we need to be either posting to the blog, doing a video, and things like that? Um, and I was just saying, I mean, I interview a lot of people. Some people say once a week. Some people say three times or six times a week. I mean, is there any general rule of thumb, uh, and does and does that vary by platform? Yeah. Okay. So I would say it's it's very hard to come up with something like completely standardized across all different uh, companies. Um, so. Right. I would say the first thing I would say is you should post as much as you can as long as the content is very good. I would not, you know, so companies will say, oh, I need to post daily, so they'll post really poor content every day. That's not, that's not a good strategy. So you, if you have, depending on how many content writers you have um, and what, how much time they have on their hand uh, and how much you're willing to invest in it, I would invest as much as, you know, as long as the content is really great. Have a high bar for the content that goes out there. And as long as you meet that high bar, um, then post as much as you can. Obviously, the more you post, the more likely, um, the better the better it is, right? You get more pages, uh, it's better for SEO, and you're able to handle a, a wider kind of breadth of content. How do you feel about repurposing content? I mean, if somebody does a podcast, do you transcribe that and post that as text or well, let video? Me you, or? Yeah. So let me give you an example. So a lot of people will create a post about, like, the cost. Like, this is how costs, and they've run an article about it, right? And then they'll repurpose that content using one of our outgrow calculators to highlight the cost actual cost. So you have a post about cost. Like these are like the five dimensions that impact the cost for you to buy a solar panel or the cost of some, some channel. So you have a piece of content about that. But it's very important for it's much it's a much more useful experience for them not just to have a blog post, but then also have a calculator that takes the specific inputs for your so if you're getting a solar panel like for your home, like how big is your home, the size of your roof, how much energy do you need? And then you get a quote for that then it's giving you an actual number, so it's like even more useful for a customer. So that type of repurposing is very good because now I'm giving them – it kind of adds value to the, to the other piece of content. So we see a lot of that where it's like a cost – you have a cost, like uh, your core posts, right, cost, ROI, um, uh, or savings, comparison, comparing us versus competitors. These core pieces of content should be repurposed on every medium, right? So – uh, so, like, you know, ROI, again, you can have the ROI post, you can have an ROI calculator, you can have a video explaining different examples or customer success stories and how their ROI was made. 
uh, how, how much ROI they made from using your product. Um, you know, there's a comparison, so you can have a chart that compares, um, and then you can have a recommendation tool, which looks at the specific features that matter to you and the benefits that you're looking for and tells you um, the specific benefits and comparison that's relevant to your situation. Um, and then, yeah, so you can, I would, I would definitely uh, repurpose the core content and have, have that, um, have that in as many games. Yeah, that's great. Talk to me about interactive content. I mean, is that hmm. what you're talking about with quizzes and things, or or, or is there right. more to it than that? Well, so the value, so so interactive content is where uh, it's not just you talking at the customer, right? So uh, a blog or one-way video is kind of you providing the the, the customer some information, uh, but through in, but with interaction like a calculator or a quiz or a recommendation engine. Um, the user is giving you some information back. They're telling you what, what they prefer. They're telling you their situation. Um, and so now you're going to personalize that, that the content, the rest of the content you give them, right? So if I wanted to tell you which home to buy, if I just wrote a blog post, I have to write it for everyone. Whereas if you're telling me the city you want to live in and the, and, and the type of home you want to have and where you want to send your kids to school and where you work, then I can give you a much more relevant set of recommendations around which homes to look at. Uh, and that type of recommendation tool is is interactive because I'm taking information, but it's much more personalized. It's giving you content. At the end, you get some piece of content, but that content is very relevant to you. And so that's the way we think about interactive content. The challenge with it is obviously it's not easy to build. Like this is not this is complicated. This takes a lot of effort. And um, I mean that's kind of why we created Outgrow because it took us time to build the VentureFact calculator, which helps people estimate the cost of building mobile apps. Um, it's not a it's not a trivial thing. You've got to think through each dimension and how it's going to impact cost, and how you want to price it, and how you want to vary prices by geography, and how you want to make sure it's clear that this is an estimate. Um, how you want to have the right number of questions so you don't overwhelm the person. There's a lot of moving pieces, and so what we've what we've done is we basically said, okay, all the technology and design we're going to make as easy as possible. So the only thing that the marketer has to do is think through, for their specific business, which questions should they ask and how do they want to charge for those different aspects or how do they want to price those pieces. And then, uh, but then the actual implementation, which is put, inputting the math and inputting the, uh, and, and look, pushing the calculator live or the quiz or the recommendation tool, all that stuff kind of we handle. And that's kind of how we try to make it easier when it comes to creating interactive content. You had a um, blog post, Randy, on your website about how to make a viral calculator. What is a viral calculator? Sure. Well, so a viral calculator is a calculator that is so useful that people are going to post it as answers to common questions they get from their friends on threads and groups that they're on, on forums that they're on, right? Um, and so if you're in an industry, you know, um, and likely, let's say, um, kind of what's uh, what, what, you know we can choose let's say a, an industry like a software company if you're if you're in a subscription business right a lot of people are asking questions about you know cost to acquire a customer and customer lifetime value and different marketing strategies right and things like that if you create a calculator that's really relevant to these types of customers that is a common question that they that are asked on listservs and on forums online and you can become the standard, right, for the, the standard response to these difficult questions. And so the next time that question comes up, if someone sees that calculator, they're going to post it there. 
And the reason why that's considered a viral calculator experience is because now you're getting free traffic to your page and it's kind of the referral traffic. And so the virality is all about shares, uh, referrals and shares from the people who see it. So instead of someone just seeing it and then done, they, and they say, oh, I like this, they see it and they say, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm not only going to reference this in the future for myself, but I'm actually going to share it with other people. And that's how, you, uh, so that's how you start getting it to go more viral. That sounds kind of cool. Do you guys, um, do your clients kind of know what would make a good viral calculator, or do you just get to know what their needs are or, you know, what their clients are looking for? And do you come up with ideas, and then do you build it? Is that what you do? Well, so we have a, we have a platform, which allows a marketer to easily build it on their own and make changes and updates and all these things. So we, we're basically like a, think of it like a PowerPoint. You know, you go into PowerPoint, and you can build any presentation you want. Right, um, but okay. so you go into Outdoor and you can build any calculator recommendation tool because you want. Um, but we make it really easy for you to do it, so you don't need to have, you know, to put it on your site and to embed it and to add lead generation and to integrate it with your CRM and marketing automation tool and all the things that go around building it. It's all taken care of for you, so it's just an easy interface for you to build it. You just instead of getting uh, for you to build build these things, right? Instead of you having to design. You just take a template. So they're just making it as easy as possible for you to do these types, to build these types of content. When you, um, I know you guys do help your clients with quizzes also. Is that, are quizzes some, is that kind of like a viral calculator? It's just something, is it something fun that might get passed around or, or is it more leading you toward a, a certain uh, piece of information, for example? Can you see the first part of your question again? I'm curious. I'm curious about quizzes. I I do see them. I see people using them. Do your quizzes? Do you suggest people make quizzes that are, you know, maybe a little more um, uh, fun based? I guess is or way, and so they'll get passed around. Or are they quizzes that will lead prospects down a path when you know they click the button, they see their okay. uh, they see their score, and now they're more inclined to ask okay. for help. This is a very good question, and there's two things that you want to look at here. One is where is the customer, right? If I'm trying to get, if I'm just, if I'm the Lakers, right, if I'm the Los Angeles Lakers and I'm trying to engage my fans, if I'm just looking at the people right at the top of the funnel who kind of like the Lakers and kind of watch the Lakers, I might create a fun like, um, hey, are you a Lakers fan? See how much you know about the Lakers. And you take this test and find out. And you'll get, get a graded quiz about that. And that's mainly for the goal of that calculator is fun and engagement. I'm trying to engage my users and I'm trying to entertain them uh, by creating this type of experience, right? Like, which Lakers player are you? Things like that. That's top of the funnel. And so there it's mainly entertainment. But you can have a bottom of the funnel calculator. Let's say you've had a customer who's taken these, all these fun top of the funnel type experiences that you built for them. And now you want to move them along. You know that they know everything about the Lakers. You know that they're, uh, they took a, which player you most like and they're very similar to Kobe Bryant. And so then you might have a calculator that talks to them about which Kobe Bryant shoe should they purchase or what Kobe Bryant merchandise should they get next. And that's a more bottom of the funnel useful experience that you're really trying to take them to some sort of e-commerce purchase, some sort of transaction. Um, and that's a more bottom of the funnel uh, type of experience that you would build. So, uh, but the, the reason I like your question is because 
it, it shows the importance of not just creating a calculator quiz without thinking, but understanding what type of customers do I want to target with this? Is this top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel? Or are these existing buy, people who have bought with us that we want to engage? And then the second thing is, am I, am I gonna, is, this, is this useful? Is this entertainment? And, and, and because if, it's, if it's the goal is to entertain, you follow a very different path from the goal if the goal is to be useful and informative. And so, you know, it's fine. Either one is fine. It's just about which one it is. And so then you can target it and, and strategize around it better. What's the uh, – got time for just one more question, Randy. What's the number one piece of advice you would give somebody? If you, if you were talking to them and they're – maybe they're fairly new, but, I mean, maybe they have an ongoing business, but they've just built it by referral, word of mouth, but they really want to try uh, content yeah. marketing. What, what would sure. you tell them? Well, I would say um, – if I can say two things, I would say two things. One is it's very important to experiment. Experiment with new creative ideas. Uh, because when you do the same thing as everyone else, it's hard to really differentiate. So you want to always experiment with new and creative ideas. Um, and then the second thing is, und- really look at the questions your sales team and customer support team get a lot. Look at them and understand what are the questions they're getting, how long is it taking, are these questions that we can create into something that's either more interactive or uh, something that I can easily provide to the user, right? So for us, it was where our sales team kept on getting the question, how much does it cost to build a mobile app? That idea of putting that into an app and sending it to users right up front was, transformed, uh, transformed our business. And so it's a, it's a simple concept. It's not like rocket science. But just really looking at those, I would really recommend, look at the sales team, the questions your sales team gets, look at the customer support questions, and see if there's something you can build that's a really useful piece of content that's going to help them. So those would be the two things. Experiment. And, um, and assess and, and really uh, look internally to the questions you're getting. Well, it's been really informative, Randy. I really appreciate you coming on. How can people uh, follow up with you, learn more about what you're doing uh, over there at Outgrow? Sure. Um, so Outgrow, the site is just outgrow.co, so just C-O, um, without the M at the end. And then for me, my email is randy, R-A-N-D-Y, at outgrow.co. And then my LinkedIn is just um, linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Randy uh, Reyes, R-A-Y-E-S-S. Very good. Randy, thanks so much for being my guest this week. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special episode of Dream Business Radio. Thank you to the Dream Business Academy for sponsoring this show. Again, you get $100 off their early registration uh, price right now, if you use the coupon code PODCAST at checkout, all the details are at dreambizacademy.com, dreambizacademy.com. Thank you to my editors and every one of my dream team members who make what I do so looks a doggone easy. Until then, just say yes to creating your dream business and living your dream lifestyle. By the way, you can still get a free copy of my latest book, Just Say Yes, at justsayyesbook.com, Six ninety five shipping and handling, but we'll mail that out to you within 24 hours. Uh, Until next week, I'm your host, Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, and you take good care.